0: Welcome to the Eat Out Podcast, an extension of our Facebook community, bringing together food lovers from all over Spain and beyond to share the best places to eat and drink in Madrid. I'm Valentina, your host, and I cannot wait for you to listen to what I have in store. I hope you're not hungry. I'd like to take a moment to recognize our patrons, Adolfo, Karen, and Jolene, who support the work of this growing community on a monthly basis. If you would like to become a patron, visit patreon.com forward slash eatout. In this season's episodes, I will be talking to more of our community members in the capital about dietary restrictions and choices and how Madrid caters to these needs in 2020. On this episode, I'm talking to Orla Harley, vegan lifestyle influencer from North Wales, who is happiest squirreled away in a coffee shop with a book and a cake taking pictures. She's on a mission to find new vegan options in the city known for its chorizo and jamón, sharing her favourite spots as well as her dreams and wishes for the future of eating vegan in Madrid. Hi, Ola. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm really good,
1: thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to uh, have a chat. Yes. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. So my name's Ola. I'm originally from North Wales, but I've spent what's well, about nine years now living abroad. I've lived in China, Russia, and now in Madrid, teaching English and also at the same time growing my Instagram, kind of talking about, well, it was originally fashion to be honest and then slowly bit by bit it's migrated more towards food and veganism and things like that. And yeah, really it's always this thing when you try to think of what your hobbies are and you're thinking what do I actually like to do? I like to eat out of course, I'm a big reader, I love animals, anything creative really like taking pictures, making videos and things like that. So I do like to stay creative and traveling as well like most people do I guess. Yeah well what we'll do in,
0: in the show notes of this podcast we'll put your Instagram link and you also have a YouTube channel which we can talk about in a little bit. I want to get right into things though. Let's talk about
1: veganism. First question is what Why did you decide to become vegan? Well, I guess for, I know people who watched a documentary and they went from being like a a meat eater and kind of the standard diet, I guess, to overnight becoming vegan. And that for me was not the case at all. It was like a real slow process. I think I was about seven or eight months eating vegetarian After having eaten meat all of my life and, you know, eggs and dairy and everything. And then bit by bit, as I became more aware of certain things, I'd seen a lot of videos. And I'm such a massive animal lover anyway. Like I've always had pets and everything growing up. But not just like the cute, fuzzy animals that everybody loves. I love them all like goats and cows. And I remember once when I was about 11 years old going to a farm with my family. And I genuinely fell in love with this little baby goat. And I couldn't stop talking about this goat. I was like begging my parents, like, please, can we adopt this goat? I'll look after it. So I've always had that love for animals. And I guess kind of bit by bit through what I was finding out and watching documentaries and especially people like Earthling Ed on YouTube, I was kind of disassociating that thing between the animals that we think are okay to have in your house, like dogs and cats, and then the animals which we eat. So animal rights was probably the biggest reason that I went vegan. But of course, like the environmental concerns as well, in terms of the amount of kind of gas that give off and all of those reasons too. I do you think it started off with the animal rights part? But it was definitely bit by bit. I think I was vegetarian for about nine months and then I kind of slowly started to go off things. I remember one time going for a meal with a friend and we were actually at the time collaborating and posting with Much Bites. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that page. Yeah, um, It was like a big Madrid food thing a couple of years ago and we'd gone to this restaurant Ere and it's one of four restaurants and this one specialised in basically... Basically serving anything that can fly. So it was like all different birds and a kind of flying fish that was on the menu. Anyway, we basically had so much meat and fish that night, it was almost like a weird last stopper in a way. And I'd eaten so much of it by the end of the night, I honestly felt really sick from having eaten so much. And that kind of put me off a lot of things, like it put me off chicken, and so it was really gradual for me. It wasn't a quick thing at all, which I think is fine. I think often people think they hear the word vegan and they think, Oh my god, I can't eat anything. Anything I love ever again, and it seems really <laughs> overwhelming. But for me, yeah, it was like a real baby step process, I guess.
0: Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of information and news in the media about veganism just over the last couple of years. Actually, I feel like it's kind of exploded, and here in Madrid, the vegan food scene has exploded, which is great. And I just really hope that yeah, lots of other cities are also doing that. But how
1: long have you been vegan now? I think I'd say it's probably been officially maybe 18 months. Okay. I remember not this January, the January before, I'd kind of already been eating mostly vegan for like six months at that point, but I wasn't being really particular about labels. So if there was Mm. a packet of biscuits, I'd just eat a biscuit without checking if there was like milk powder in it, but I wouldn't drink milk or I wouldn't eat meat Mm. or eat an egg. So that was kind of the way I was eating for about six months. And then 18 months ago in January, I decided to do Veganuary because I thought to myself, well, at this point, I'm pretty sure it's kind of 99% vegan anyway. And so I'd look at the packets or when I was ordering things out, I would ask the waiter just to double check there was no honey in it or things like that. And I realized I'd already pretty much been eating a vegan diet anyway for the last six months. So that was my official vegan kind of anniversary, I guess. (laughs) So yeah, I'd say 18 months properly at this point, but I use properly in commas because it was kind of more or less that. It's hard to to figure it out. Yeah, exactly.
0: And over that time, how was your body changed whilst having that diet? Because of course you go from eating a lot of meat to not eating any at all. I mean, I guess there's some people that might be listening that are thinking, where do you
1: get your protein from? Talk to us a bit about that. I think because mine was so gradual, it wasn't an overnight change. I mean, you do read things like I saw an article the other day, actually, that was, I turned vegan for a month and lost 20 kilograms or something like that. (laughs) And you know, you do see those kind of clickbait things everywhere. I think it really depends what your diet was before hand whether it was mm. vegan or not to be honest if you go from eating really kind of refined processed meat if you're eating at McDonald's 5 times a week and then you decide to go vegan and you're eating lots of vegetables and things like that you're probably going to lose weight quite quickly because the diet you were eating before wasn't that great mm. but for me because even when I did eat meat and fish and things like that I would still have lots of vegetables quite balanced I love a good cake but I also love a salad like I'm lucky that I kind of like everything you know some people grow up hating vegetables Like I was always so loved them. So I think it depends so much body to body on your metabolism. I know some people who did notice a big difference in their skin, even boyfriend who's not vegan when he cut out dairy he noticed a lot of acne he had really did vanish oh interesting yeah and I know a lot of people who've had similar experiences but for me like I wouldn't say I necessarily woke up and felt so different I guess maybe some bloating I had before if I'd eaten a really protein-rich steak or you know sometimes when you have what do they call it the meat sweats you know when mm-hmm. you have eaten a load of meat and then you think oh god I didn't feel so heavy after certain meals I guess mm-hmm. but yeah I really do think it depends on what your diet was like before. And the protein thing. Well, honestly, I've never been asked so many times where I get my protein from <laughs> since I became vegan. And it's really funny because I was speaking about this to my friend a couple of weeks ago. And I think the only two types of people who were asked about protein are either bodybuilders or vegans. You can't imagine, that like, you wouldn't normally go up to somebody and be like, are you getting your protein? Like, it's honestly one of the first questions I'm asked. And I think, again, this comes down to how much you know about nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know a lot about nutrition beforehand I had more or less a balanced diet but I had no idea that broccoli is really protein rich is it yeah I love broccoli I'd make sure I'd eat more of that yeah and you know when you see bodybuilders and they're like oh all I eat is chicken and broccoli and they have those strict diets it's because broccoli is really high in protein or even pumpkin seeds per gram pumpkin seeds are the most protein rich food out there so it's things like that that you don't really find out until you become vegan because you do obviously have to make sure you are getting all of the food groups and the nutrients and things you need mm. but there's so many things like lots of vegetables you've got nuts which are obviously full of protein peanut butter tofu tempeh seitan and all of these different foods which actually are quite traditional I mean tofu and tempeh are staples in a lot of Asian diets and they have them alongside meats you know often you'd go to a Chinese restaurant and have maybe you're having like a beef soup but there's also tofu in that soup so they have it as like an additional protein not just as a substitute but there are loads out of there you know it is important to make sure you are getting everything you do need because you don't want to have any kind of deficiencies and things but it's a lot easier than people think really that's definitely good to know so following on from that i'm really interested
0: about misconceptions yeah of vegan diets and things people think are true that aren't true or things that are in the media that actually are very true is
1: there any that come to mind yeah so one of them and it's funny because i still think this myself like even though i've been a vegan for saying more or less two years if I think of the word vegan, the first thing that pops into my head is that typical kind of long hair, maybe a bit hippie, walking around barefoot, waving their fist at the sky. And you know, like you do have that impression and that stereotype of what being a vegan is. And I think that's why I'm really passionate about my page and my Instagram and things like that, because I do want to break that misconception that it is difficult or that it's like a really different way of life because it's so easy to incorporate into what you already do. And I do think there's that idea of you know oh all vegans eat grass or I couldn't be a <laughs> vegan because I don't like vegetables but I think that linked to that so many people think vegan food is bland and they're like well where do you get the flavor from and I think that comes back to how we cook vegetables and I don't know if this is just like a British thing or now I guess maybe it could be more global than that but you know even the other day for example I'm currently staying at my boyfriend's parents place and we had vegetables with dinner and we had broccoli but the broccoli had been boiled for 20 minutes and I mean if you boil anything for 20 minutes apart from a potato it's not going to taste great right if you boiled a steak or if you boiled some chicken just in water for 20 minutes it's not going to have any flavor so the idea that vegan food is bland is I think the biggest misconception some of the tastiest food I've ever eaten in my life has been vegan and a lot of it is about seasonings you know if you were going to roast a chicken you wouldn't just put it in the oven for an hour and leave it you're putting garlic on it lemon maybe like rosemary thyme you're infusing it you're marinating it so all of those marinades that you can use on meat you can use on tofu you can put on vegetables you can put on tempeh or any like soy mince and things like that so that would be the biggest misconception i think people worry that i'm just depriving myself of (laughs) flavor and it's it couldn't be further from the truth really i think if you know how to season your food well it's going to taste good whether it's meat or not yeah definitely i think it's all about experimenting as well i mean there are so
0: many different types of herbs that you can put on different foods and I don't think there's any limit of what you can put on certain foods I mean you try it and if you like it great and you can use it on other things and I think definitely for me I grew up in a household where we didn't use herbs it was really just salt not even pepper I can see that well how that misconception can be apparent in a lot of people because we just didn't grow up with all of these herbs and stuff and now my herb cupboard at home is like full of all these different things and I just chuck a few on
1: to see what happens and yeah it's can completely change and that's the great thing about food in general like you can just experiment I don't necessarily follow recipes and such I do like to mix it up and you know season things how I want and that's how it should be it should be fun and it should be a nice way to obviously food is there to nourish our body first and foremost but you know, it's also a pleasure and it's nice to be able to cook things and use different seasonings and stuff. But I think if you've grown up thinking vegetables equals boiled Brussels sprouts, then of course you're (laughs) going to think the idea of more vegetables is bad, you know? So it's definitely about learning other cooking techniques. I mean, we're so lucky now that you don't even need to spend money on a recipe book. Like some of the most amazing YouTube channels now, like Avantgarde Vegan, there's another one called Live B, another one called Jesp beautician she used to be a beautician but now she does vegan cookery videos and their food looks incredible I do think whether you show that to a vegan or a non-vegan they're going to look at that and go wow that looks really good so I think that's the best way sometimes of making people aware about different options is by the proof is in the pudding as they say if you can make something and say to somebody taste that do you like it and if they think it's good they're going to think it's good whether there's meat in it or not I think for the most part anyway for sure but
0: even for me I'm not a vegan but sometimes I do like vegan things and I don't really eat meat that well. I say that often. I don't have it every day, but I do like yeah. it. But I think it's also important to have a balance of different things, whether you eat meat or not. It's all about having variety in your diet and trying new things. And luckily in Madrid, you can do that with all the, the restaurants here. And I was just thinking, actually, a lot of places now, thanks to the coronavirus, some restaurants are even sharing their recipes of things that that you love to go and eat out in their restaurants that you can do at home it's not ever going to be the same exactly but you know it helps you get that connection to the food that you really love yeah definitely so the next question I have for you is this is like a off the top of my head question is there anything that you miss? that you would love to eat again that you haven't eaten in a while or has it got to a point now where you've been doing this for so long that there isn't actually anything you miss anymore because you found alternatives
1: I think there isn't really anything I miss necessarily I think at the beginning there is and when people say there isn't I think they're either the kind of the odd one out or but I think at the beginning there was, but now kind of two years on, I'm at that stage where, and I guess your taste buds change all the time, that some of my favorite foods I used to love when I'd go out to eat, if I'd go to like a nice restaurant, I'd always get a medium rare steak. It was my favorite. And honestly, the idea of that now really does turn my stomach and it's not like I would secretly like to eat it but I'm just not gonna do it it's more like I actually wouldn't like to eat it now like whether I was vegan or not a couple of months ago I was thinking oh I used to love tuna sandwiches Mm, yeah I bet that you know that's kind of like a nice lunch it's like quite a typical British thing right to have a tuna sandwich and and it's funny because whether it's you know google's algorithm or something i was recommended a youtube video which was chickpea tuna and it's basically obviously it's not going to be the same as fish but you mash up a can of chickpeas with there's a special seasoning. I can't remember what it's called now, but they get it from seaweed. So it gives everything a kind of fishy sea flavor. And you mash it in with that, with some lemon juice, with some mayonnaise, with some garlic, and you use it as a sandwich filling. And I made it and it really satisfied that kind of craving for a tuna mayo sandwich. So I do think now there are so many alternatives. that Many times I would sit there and think, oh, I really missed that. But at the beginning, there probably was more so. But I think that's just testament to the fact that now you can get so many alternatives you know if this was 10 years ago and you couldn't get you know beyond meat burgers or you couldn't get chicken Mm. substitutes maybe I'd be saying something kind of different but as it stands now no I think everything I want to eat is available which is great so luckily I'm not pining for something because that that would suck (laughs) yeah definitely so now that you're in Madrid
0: I assume that you were vegan before you moved to Madrid or is that the other way around
1: yeah the other way around so I became Mm -hmm. vegan I've been in Madrid Four years now, it would have been four years, February just gone. And yeah, with just under half of that being vegan. So yeah, I became vegan in Madrid, which a lot of people find funny because it's, you know, the capital of Hamon Mm -hmm. and with the chorizo and everything. And it's like quite, you know, meat is a big thing, I guess, really, in Madrid, like it is in a lot of places. But yeah, so I've seen kind of both sides of the Madrid food scene with like the meat options and things, and then the other side too.
0: So how has it been navigating from eating meat in a place where meat? is at the forefront of most of the menus to to go and vegan is there enough options have you seen that change over the time that you've been
1: vegan I think at the beginning, so going back two years ago, I think one thing about Madrid's food scene that I love is that it changes so quickly. Like it feels like, you know, I can walk down one street and then walk down the same street a week or two later and there's a new restaurant or a new cafe, which is great. But I think two years ago when I first decided to start changing to a vegan diet, I did struggle. And I think it was one of the reasons why I couldn't necessarily go vegan quicker. And I had to do it more so like, okay, I'll be vegan at home. But when I go out to eat with friends, I'll eat a bit of meat or I'll eat some fish because there wasn't necessarily loads of options. Or it might be a case of, okay, we have a soup you can have. And you order the soup, but when it arrives, it has some on sprinkled on top and you think, oh, for God's sake, I thought it was a vegetable soup. So I'd say it wasn't necessarily that easy, to be honest, at the beginning. But then bit by bit, as you start to actively look for more restaurants and search other things out, it has become a lot easier. But I do have to prepare I guess in advance which doesn't really bother me because but one of my favorite things to do is to read menus and even if they're restaurant's like I'm not even going to go to like they could they could be in a different city I just think oh looks like a nice place I'm going to read the menu and if I went there this is what I'd order so I've always liked doing that anyway that may seem
0: strange but actually in the community the other day I did ask this question like oh yeah Do you look at the menu before you decide to go somewhere? And -hmm. the poll at the end of the day was that most people actually look before they go. I generally don't. Oh, really? I don't know. It's just, I mean, now... Like a surprise. Yeah. I mean, now things have changed with 2020. You have to check to make sure places are open and, you know, they may have changed their menus. But before it would just be kind of going out and then... Looking at the menu on the outside. I mean, if it's Menu Del Dia, for example, then yeah, of sometimes they don't have that available online. But yeah, I just kind of look and see what is on the outside of the restaurant and like okay yeah I can eat that and you just go in
1: Uh, okay I'm one of those look at the menu look at the reviews look at the Instagram (laughs) page it's almost like a dissertation when we go out to eat with all the different things I like to look at but I think it's just like an excitement thing I just really like to look forward to it and I don't necessarily plan on what I'm going to order in advance but I do like to know roughly what's on the menu but I've always been like that anyway so kind of Having to continue to do that to make sure there's vegan options wasn't much of a change for me. But I guess if you want to go out and just pop into a restaurant, obviously then you do have maybe limitations there. You know, maybe you can't just go out and think, okay, let's pop into this place and hope they have an option. I think in some cities you can do that. And I do notice a difference sometimes when I come back to the UK. I think in the UK it's slightly a bit ahead of Madrid in terms of options even in a lot of the big chains there's always at least two good vegan options on the menu or maybe there's another option that you can make vegan but I do think in Madrid I do still need that level of more or less knowing where we're going to go and just to make sure I don't end up hangry in the middle of the city with no options I feel you because there are just so many
0: places to eat and oh yeah, as I've said before like if you are out wandering the streets and you're hungry you often walk into a place that isn't necessarily the best place to go in and then you've spent your money and you would be in a meal that's not great and that was the whole purpose of creating Eat Out Madrid was to you know mm-hmm. get people together who like to eat out to share their recommendations so it stopped people from going to bad places and that's why we focus on the best places to eat and drink because there's no sense in talking about bad places. Uh, Why would you want to know where not to go? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. So let's talk about some of your favorite places. I'm sure our listeners are itching to know
1: where are the best places in Madrid to get vegan food. There's so many so I guess some of my favorite brunch places there's a place called frutas prohibidas I think it's 90% vegan and the other 10% vegetarian or something so everything's vegan but you can get an egg on some things I think okay but it's mostly a brunch place and they do delicious food and the presentation is just beautiful like you know when you can tell someone's made the food to be photographed like it's just Mm. it's so nice and they do a really nice set menu I think it's every day but I normally end up going on the weekend where you can get a certain amount of courses and a cocktail and and things like that for a certain price so that's really good one place that's always really like a safe option I guess is Sinissimo I think there's three around the city but they do really good I'm going to put healthy in inverted commas again because it's kind of subjective but by healthy I mean not like vegan junk food they'll have chickpea curry i think i had Mm -hmm. once there with a side of salad and they do a really good vegan menu del dia i think again that's maybe 50 50 vegan vegetarian but it's really good kind of classic decent meal like you'll go there and you know you're going to leave full and it's tasty it's fresh so that's a good place to go one of my favorite places to get burgers is mad vegan Mm. I've heard about this place oh it's delicious it's not often now really I crave like a burger burger but when I do and by burger burger I mean like a meat tasting one but when I do mad vegan does the beyond meats patty And it's delicious, like it's really good. And again, my meat-eating boyfriend will eat that and that kind of satiates him and he really likes it too. Because often that's another thing with substitutes. Some people think, is it good because it's good? Or is it good because you've not eaten meat for years and you've kind of forgotten what the real thing tastes like? But that's a really good one. And they do loads of burgers, loaded fries, things like that. So if you fancy some vegan junk food, that's one of my favorite places to go. And Madrid as well, I think even more so at the minute seems to be getting better and better at vegan desserts there's so many places where you can go bite me is my favorite that is one of my favorites too oh it's so good and the staff are so lovely there so I like to go there for a donut and a coffee and I'll sit in the corner and edit a video and yeah I love going there there's a lot of places that do good vegan options like the fix for example I don't know if you've been there it's a coffee shop it's near Plaza de España and you know it's that kind of typical hipster thing with like benches and you know nice coffee and things like that but they do a really nice vegan Toast it's toast with carrot Hummus and then this really big portobello Mushroom that they grill with Mm. garlic And you can have avocado on the side That's really good and yeah there's so many Places I mean I post about them All the time you know, on my Instagram as well. So that's the kind of best place to keep up with my favorites of the minute. But there's always new places. And then every time I go somewhere, I then look again online and two other places have opened. So once I like cross one off my list, two other <laughs> ones appear on the list, which is a good problem to have. I mean, you know, I'm not complaining. Yeah, you're
0: always going somewhere different and trying new places and If anyone's listening and wants to see pictures, picture evidence from her Time's Out, check on her Instagram. Again, the link is in the show notes. Now, something you mentioned, you said that your boyfriend is not vegan. Yeah. I'm curious to know, like, how that is for him, for you, and
1: navigating going out. Does he eat meat? I asked him this question the other day, actually, because I said to him now, like, oh, what would you say you are? If somebody asked you the question And he'd say, oh, I'd say I'm a flexitarian He'd say he probably eats meat maybe 20% of the time And the other 80% of the time he'd eat predominantly vegan And that's not necessarily something he planned, I don't think I think it was naturally that because... I went vegan, you know, when we'd go to restaurants, because before I went vegan, we'd always order two main courses and then share them because we're both really indecisive. So we were like, okay, I'll order the meat, you order the fish, and then we can swap halfway through, then we get the best of both worlds. And nobody's got FOMO. Obviously, when I became vegan, I couldn't Eat half of his food, so he again not wanting to miss out on what I was eating would typically also order a vegan option, so we could try a bit of both. And then I think again because at home we both cook, like we take it in turns, like alternating nights to cook dinner. So he wasn't necessarily bothered about cooking meat at home because then it becomes that thing of well, if I'm cooking dinner for tonight, if I got to cook a meat dish for myself and something different for you like you know it complicates it a bit so Mm. he would just cook vegan and then I think Bit by bit over time. He's kind of become, I guess, maybe like 80% vegan. But then if we go out to eat, for example, and it's a restaurant with kind of traditional options and vegan options, maybe then he'd order fish and I'd just order my own food. Or especially when we go back to the UK, he might have like, you know, a bacon sandwich or something he wouldn't normally be able to get in Spain. But he's really quite relaxed and laid back. I don't think he thinks he's missing out or anything like that. Actually, more often than not, it's the other way around. We went out to... last night in a place called Turtle Bay. It's a chain of okay I think they're known for their jerk chicken so it's like jerk flavors and things like that and he had the jerk chicken and I had the jerk tofu and he asked to try a bit of mine and he he actually ended up preferring my one so then he sat there going I want to eat more of yours and I'm like well you can't because I can't eat any of yours and then normally then if we go back he tends to order then the vegan option so I don't know if that's because his taste buds are changing or if he's like naturally trying more things because I'm trying them as well Mm. but it's kind of happened by accident really. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. All
0: right. Now I have some other questions. We mentioned a little bit about this, but meat substitutes. Is that something that you are into? Because I know I speak to a lot of people and they don't even like to even think that it feels like meat or has the same yeah. taste of meat. What's your thoughts on that?
1: So yeah, it seems to be a bit of a hot potato, really, this idea of meat substitutes. For me, I think it really depends on the reason you went vegan. So mm. I have a friend who's been vegetarian since she was about five years old, and in the last maybe year or so she's kind of slowly transitioned to a more vegan diet. And for for her, the idea of biting into a burger and it having a texture of beef really turns her stomach. She mm. just can't. It's awful to her. To her, it's like almost as if it was the real thing. And the reason why she decided to go vegetarian is she hated the texture of any meat or oh, I see. any fish or anything like that. Whereas for me, I never went vegan because I didn't like it. I mean, I remember one time a couple of years ago having a dodgy prawn. And I think if you know, you know, if you've had some dodgy seafood, it can kind of put you off. So I mean, I'm not looking to replace seafood, for example, but when I went vegan, it was never because I didn't like meat. I liked chicken, I liked steak, duck, the rest of it, it was primarily for animal welfare. So it's not that I didn't like the texture. So if I can go out and order a burger and have similar textures, similar tastes, but without the animal cruelty behind that, Mm -hmm. for me it's a bit of a win-win because you know you're still eating what you want to eat, but without obviously those negative Impacts. And yeah, I do think it depends. And then, you know, some other people think, well, if you don't want to eat a chicken, why are you trying to replicate the chicken? But again, it comes back to that thing of, well, if you can choose to eat a product that's very similar, but without the downsides of obviously having had to take the animal's life, then to me, it's a bit of a no brainer. Mm. So I think it's great. And I also think that when you have these options, I think it makes the whole thing feel more inclusive. Like, for example, the other day, one of my friends went to, I think it was Tesco or a supermarket, and she wanted to buy some mints to make a spaghetti bolognese for her family. And now in a lot of British supermarkets, they have the vegan alternative in the same cabinet. So she thought there's a, a brand called Meat Free Farm, and they do the best sausages ever. Like, they're really, really good. And they also do mints that you can put in, like, lasagna and things mm-hmm. like that. And she saw that and... She sent me a picture and she was like, oh, didn't you talk about their sausages a couple of weeks ago? And I was like, yeah, that was me. Um, And she was like, oh, I'm going to give it a go. So she went home and she cooked that for her family, for her very much, her husband's like a very much like a meat and two veg kind of guy Mm -hmm. and for her kids. And they all really enjoyed it. So I think it was like a lot lower in saturated fat and things like that. So from a health perspective, she was like, well, this is great. We've still had a great meal. You know, it's lower in fat. So, you know, she might then choose that minced, from now on if they prefer it but if you took away the meat alternatives completely they might never have found that mm. so I think it is a good way to make things more accessible and you know if the point is to reduce animal consumption overall then i am i'm all for alternatives really again that's something that's really
0: kind of shot up in the last few years i guess a lot of people have been transitioning to veganism and you know brands and restaurants are thinking well you know how can we get people to buy our products to come in and dine in our restaurants and i think it's a great move because everyone has very different bodies, very different dietary needs. So it's great that they
1: can cater to lots of different people. Yeah, definitely. And then I do know there's been a bit of criticism that came out, I think it was about a year ago, or maybe more now, when Greg's, the Uh. British (laughs) pastry chain, when they released their vegan sausage roll. And I know a lot of people who were saying, well, should you be buying a vegan product from a company that is known for using animals in steak bakes and things like that. But, you know, I understand those concerns completely because obviously you are technically putting money back in the pocket of a place that is using animals for food. But I think we have to be realistic and we do live in a capitalistic society and money does talk. So, if you're not buying those vegan options, you're signaling that there's no demand Mm -hmm. and then they're not going to continue to make them. Whereas if you do decide to buy them and go, well, you know what? The company itself isn't perfect from like an ethics standpoint or whatever, but this is a great option for if you're out and about and you want to pick something up quickly, And, you know, it makes it seem more accessible. And I remember about a year or so ago, I was in Greg's, and I saw this builder come in. And again, stereotypes, but he kind of looked like the typical muscly builder guy. Like, you know, I like my meat and two veg kind of person. And he would run out of sausage rolls. And the person behind the till said, oh, we've run out of them, but we have the vegan ones, which taste, you know, really similar. And to be honest, they do. They taste identical. It's like the similar kind of... I've never tried one. When I get back to the UK
0: when I can, I really, because I do love a Greg sausage roll. Like, I don't even know what the hype is about the Greg sausage roll. For those of you that have never been to the UK, it's really just a bakery, this place. Yeah. Like a, a street bakery. It's all around the UK and they're known for their sausage
1: rolls. And when the vegan one came out, it went crazy. Yeah, completely. It was such a hot potato. Everybody was talking about it. But it was funny because when the person behind the counter said, Sorry, we've sold out of these sausage rolls, um, but we have a vegan option. And the person behind the till went, Look, I've tried it and it tastes the same. And it does because often a sausage roll, I mean, what is in a sausage roll? It's just smush, right? Like it's not even like a real yeah sausage necessarily. It's just like, like tasty kind of stuff inside pastry. Anyway, he was like, Okay, I'll try one. And he took a bite out of it and he was like Oh, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to have told the difference if you hadn't have told me it was vegan. So for that guy who maybe does think, oh, a vegan is just about eating grass and he buys into those stereotypes of it being, you can only eat raw carrots or whatever rubbish. <laughs> for him, that's a draw. He might be like, oh, that's good. I might next time try another option. So I think it is important to have these options available and, you know, it makes it more accessible and and it's great for vegans as well, because, you know, there's been times I've been out and about and there's no options and you can't grab something quick then again, talking about hunger, you end up being hungry and it's a tough one. So I do love all the options that are, you know, becoming available. And I think it'll just continue to increase as the demand increases, you know, the options that are available will will increase too which is great. Now I have a question about price I know on your
0: Instagram account the other day you actually asked on the story about do you think being vegan is cheaper or expensive. I want to talk about like mainly about eating out has there been a change for you in the amount of money that you're spending on a meal because you're
1: eating vegan? No not at all honestly not at all. If anything I reckon it's maybe a little bit less. Really? Because even if you forget about veganism or not for a minute like if you think about a typical menu in let's say in an Italian restaurant where you've got a steak option a fish option chicken option pastas pizza typically the most expensive things on that menu are the meat items right like Mm. the steak and you know maybe fresh fish of the day and then the options which tend to have vegan options are things like pasta with tomato sauce or margarita pizza with vegan cheese so in reality once you've take the meat and the fish off the menu the prices are always a bit cheaper Mm. I mean of course you do have those places which are now kind of capitalizing on the vegan trend and saying right okay I remember a couple of months ago I went to a restaurant I think it was a burger chain I can't remember where but it wasn't a vegan place it was like a normal place with a vegan option and the vegan burger was a euro more expensive and I remember thinking that was a bit unfair because it was a euro more expensive but the beef burger was like a double beef burger with Cheese and bacon mm. and everything on it. And the vegan one was like your basic cheeseburger with a vegan burger inside it. So there are places that think they can push the prices up. But I do think, in general, across the board, it's remained more or less the same, if not a little bit less.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Because I, when I was speaking to Gareth the other day and we were talking about being celiac, he was explaining, you know, that things do cost a little bit more because not being able to have gluten in anything yeah. can be quite difficult. And I think that's where things change. When people have allergies to things, that's where things oh, can, like, it can be more difficult. My last question then for today is, what do you hope for the future? In Madrid, particularly for the food scene, do you have any hopes
1: and dreams? Yeah, I'd really like to see more traditional Spanish places having vegan options, mm. like, you know, the tapas bars and things like that. Because now if I wanted to just walk into most tapas bars and sit down with a couple of friends and have some drinks, really in a lot of places, the only options would be or maybe like Pimientos de Padron and that would be it or maybe some tomato on toast and it would be quite limited so I would like to see maybe some more options there I think another thing which is again hopefully growing but that would be great is to see more nighttime appropriate fancier vegan restaurants oh. like a lot of my favourite places are great but they're not necessarily the full dining experience you might go in and get a salad but you're sat under a really bright blue light and it's not necessarily like a nice place to go Mm. now i'd like to see that you know there be a place where you can go and have a nice evening meal maybe more like a special occasion restaurant because often around birthdays and anniversaries when we've tried to find a place to go to to like have a celebration and like a a really nice meal out they either don't have vegan options or you know we have to decide well do we want the vegan options on the menu which of course we have to and then end up going somewhere which is still great food but maybe the atmosphere isn't there so I'd be nice to and yeah just more options in general really and maybe more experimental things would be good often you know you still do have that thing of okay we can make imagine like now if you had in a brunch place avocado on toast with poached egg and bacon often you say to them can I make that vegan and they go yeah sure we'll take the egg and bacon off and charge you the same price Mm. and you think well maybe they could like add some grilled mushrooms add some grilled tofu and have maybe just be a bit more conscious I think that's the same with a lot of places when you ask to kind of
0: amend a dish they will still charge you the same amount for the dish even if you don't have certain things which I think is wrong but then again I do understand that should you be really going in to ask to change the dish I don't know how accommodating places should be and this is another conversation that we had in the community recently of you know should places be able to accommodate I know that some places make things in advance some do them fresh is the way forward everything fresh I don't know it's a huge process Yes, I know. And I think unless you have a restaurant, you probably don't understand what it's really like to work all these dishes out. But I really do hope that the future for vegan restaurants and cafes are more within Madrid, within the capital of Spain. It's definitely going forward. And I hope that COVID has not stopped that increase.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Unfortunately, some
0: places have closed down because of the lockdown that we had so if you are able to come and visit or you are listening to this and you live in Madrid please go out and eat out your favorite places and try new things and if you need recommendations feel free to come and ask in the community there's over six and a half thousand people there that can help you with a great place to go rather than you walking around the city aimlessly looking for somewhere to eat and then eating olives for example All right. Now we did mention you had an Instagram and a YouTube channel. Can you let everyone know where they can come and connect with you, find
1: out more about you and just some of the things that you post on there again? Yeah, of course. So, um, I'm on Instagram over at Orla. So O-R-L-A-G-H. Um, And on my Instagram, it's a mixture of talking about vegan food and restaurants, but also um, shopping my wardrobe. I'm trying to be conscious about not buying too many new things. So I show you how to style things in a certain amount of ways. And well, not so much this year, but normally traveling as well. So going to different cities, primarily in Europe and exploring the food options there and things like that so that's me on Instagram and then over on YouTube my username's the same it's just Orla and there it's a bit more of a mix of lifestyle videos some talk about veganism some just fun things um you know again some fashion videos it's a bit more of a melting pot over there but yeah I'd love to see you over there and if you come from this podcast come and let me know and say hi Well, thank you so much, Alda, for joining us today.
0: We've learned so much about veganism. And again, I've got so many new places to add to my growing list of places to visit in Madrid. It's just never ending. I'm hungry now. I must admit. I'm hungry. I need to go and have some lunch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope to see you very soon once you're back in Madrid. And yeah, enjoy your vacation. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me on. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please share it with your friends and family so they too can learn more about where to go in the capital. In the meantime, if you're not already part of Eat Out Madrid on Facebook, we would love for you to join us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash eatoutmadrid to connect with other food lovers and share your favourite places to eat and drink in the city. As always, I'm getting hungry, so I will see you next time.